Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Two-time MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, NFL Network, Westwood One Sports, all of that in a bag of chips. It's always a pleasure to have Kurt Warner joining us on the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports. It's been too long, Kurt. How you doing? I'm doing really well. How you guys doing? Good, good. Gambo? Exciting week. Yeah, good to, good to have the Super Bowl here, my friend. Bring it bring me back to your memories. I mean, you participated in three of these things. What well, what are you looking back now? What are you, what are your fondest memories of being a part of Super Bowl week? You know, each of them have their different memories. Um you know, you're in different places. Um, you know, my first one being my first year and kind of that magical run. And um, you know, I remember how long the week was leading up to the Super Bowl that I was almost exhausted by the time I got to the Super Bowl because I didn't really know how to manage it. Um, you know, the second one was able to enjoy a little bit more until uh, until the actual game played out. Uh, and then the third one here in Arizona, I think that the greatest memory was watching the Super Bowl experience through the eyes of all of my teammates and the people uh, in the organization. You know, when, when I got to Arizona, um, you know, they were the losingest team of the last five decades. And, you know, there was a big contingent in the organization that I don't believe ever thought we could win. And so when we made that run and, and you know, we got on the plane to go to Tampa and watching guys get off the plane and go to the facility and go to the stadium, it was just so much fun to watch. Um, you know, things click and things change and the perspective and the possibilities in their mind uh, just look different. And so I had been there a couple times, uh, as grateful as I was to be there again. That to me was the coolest memory was just watching everyone else take in what the Super Bowl experience is all about, you know, and, and each one, it got bigger and more grand and, you know, to the point where we're at now where it's just, I mean, it's such a huge spectacle every year, and it's fun to, you know, to watch the people leading up to it and, and, and see how every day, you know, gets a little bit busier and people get a little bit more excited and the buzz is, um, you know, a little bit more energy every single day leading up to, to the game. And uh, and then I get the opportunity to, to do the pregame show for forever and then uh, to call the game, which is, uh, to me, one of the highlights to be able to do that for radio every single year. So um, it's just it, it's a fun week uh, to culminate everything that, uh, you know, the season is broad and, and, you know, and my season as a whole. So I look forward to this week and then I look forward to a little downtime. Yeah, I'll tell you, I've been here since 97. And one of my fondest memories of, of being in Arizona was that run you took the Cardinals on to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, I remember everything, every play like it was yesterday. It was just such a, a great time to be a, a football fan here in Arizona, to be a Cardinal fan. And, you know, even though the team came up short, it, it's amazing just, you know, how many great memories there are from what that team was able to accomplish. I mean, they, they gave the fans long lasting memories that they'll take with them forever. Yeah, you know, I, you know Michael Irvin, who I work with, you know, every week. Uh, I always love the saying that he, when he talks about, you know, how he measures a man or a team or an organization or whatever that is, how he measures a person is not always on the destination, but on the distance traveled. And that, to me, was, um, you know, the epitome of of what you're talking about is, you know, when I got here and, and the struggle, and you know, a lot of people talk about, 
you know, a couple lost years at the beginning of my time here in Arizona. And I don't look at it like that at all. I look at it as, as the building process and, you know, laying the groundwork for what we would accomplish during that three years and how we would get better and better and, um, you know, win some playoff games and uh, you'd have some great moments, as you said, here at home in that stadium, uh, you know, that had opened up just, just when I got here. And so that to me is what's so special is that it's so hard to build something and to understand what goes into building something. You know, you can't just always show up and expect, oh, well, it's just, it's all good, you know? And I think sometimes we get a little spoiled in the NFL because of free agency now and, and the things that change is teams are able to, you know, to kind of flip the, you know, flip from year to year a little bit faster now than they used to be able to when, you know, teams, you know, stood together and, and you really had to build from the ground up. And so, you know, that, that to me is, is what it was all about. And, you know, one step after another and you started to see it and, and you had certain moments where you're like, man, okay, we, you know, we're taking a step. We're, we're making growth. Even if people on the outside didn't see it, you saw it inside the building and then how it paid off those last few years. Kurt Warner, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show, the Super Bowl matchup aside, given that you're a, a lifer in the football world and you've been doing this for so long, I'm just curious from the Cardinals coaching search and the two guys that we presume it's down to and Lou Anarumo and Mike Kafka. Do, do you have any um, insight into their ability to be head coaches in this league through your travels, through people you talk to, games you've called? When it comes to those two guys specific, is there any insight that you can add into either one of them that might give us a clearer vision who would be the better choice as the head coach? I mean, all I'm going to say is, you know, it's it's kind of like the quarterback position. You don't know until you know. And that's, I think, the hardest part. And, and the hardest part of the proposition when you're trying to get the next head coach and you're trying to, to get the right guy is you don't really know. And sometimes you don't even know, uh, you know, after you get that guy. Um, you know, I was actually doing something with Michael Bidwell this morning, and we were just kind of talking about around the league. And, you know, Zach Taylor, after, you know, his early time in – in Cincinnati, they were ready to fire him. Like, oh my gosh, this is the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. And then a year later, he's in the Super Bowl. You know, how about Nick Sirianni? You know, his opening press conference, and people are like, oh my gosh, what did we do? <laughs> and and then now they're they're in the Super Bowl in year two. And the idea behind it is that. It's a growing process. You know, when you get a guy that's never been a head coach or never been a head coach at this level, and as I was talking about, with all the changes that can happen from year to year, you know, you got to let them grow. You got to let them become what it is that you saw in them to give them that opportunity. But it's really hard in this business because everybody expects that quick two, three year turnaround, and it's just not that easy. And so uh, I, I think that's the hard thing. You know, the two guys that you're talking about. I have heard glowing endorsements from a bunch of people uh, on both of these guys that have worked with them. But the only thing that I'll say is neither one's ever been a head coach. And so we all know, I've been around some great coordinators that weren't great head coaches. And um, and then there's other guys that can handle all of it and can manage it well. And, you know, and they thrive when they get into that head coaching position and, and the leaders that they are start to come out. And so I think that's the hard thing. And, you know, and again, I liken it to quarterbacks. Is you know, we can try to make as much assessment as we want, but until you see them in the moment at the highest level with the stakes 
you know, are what they are, you don't know who's going to be that guy. And, um, you know, sometimes you got to go with the young guy that you give them a chance and you're not really sure. And they butt into a great coach. Um, you know, sometimes you go with the older guy or, or a guy that's been there a couple times thinking maybe this is the time um, that they're going to thrive. So I, I think all of that is really, really tough. And we're all going to scrutinize as we always scrutinize. And we're going to scrutinize in the short term. You know, you look at Nathaniel Hackett and, you know, he's fired after one year. And, and you know, I'm just thinking to myself, man, I know there were some things that went wrong there, um, but obviously it didn't mesh early on with Russell Wilson. We all thought because of who Russell Wilson was before, you know, he would be great. And then it doesn't play out that way. And when you watch the tape, to me, it's not all about Nathaniel Hackett, but he ends up, you know, taking the fall because there were some mistakes along the way as a young coach always has some mistakes and he didn't get the patience to be able to see what he could become as a head coach. So I just, I think it's a really, really tough thing to try to assess guys that have never been there before and say, well, this is what they're going to be or this is what they can't do. We really have no idea until they get in that moment. And you got to hope when, uh, you know, you're an organization, when you're Michael Bidwell making this decision, you got to hope that you get one of those guys that thrives and, and lifts his game up as he takes that next step to a head coach. Right, I want to talk to you about Treasure House because I know it's very near and dear to your heart. It's a one-of-a-kind, active living community for young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. It was founded by, by you and your wife with inspiration from your son, Zach. And it's a, it's a tremendous charity, and you guys are doing a, a lot of great things, uh, even around the Super Bowl. So tell me a little bit about what's going on with Treasure House and your involvement. Well, I mean, Treasure House is, is thriving right now. We've you know got our first Treasure House out in Glendale, not too far from the actual stadium um, and you know we're completely full right now and the residents are thriving you know the first resident was our son who suffered a traumatic brain injury when he was four months old um, and it's been so fun to watch him grow and thrive and he works a couple jobs and he's got a social life and his calendar is always full and it's just the full life that we've always dreamed for all of our kids but we didn't know you know early on if that was possible for Zach and we're seeing that that can be possible through places like Treasure house and so as I said we're full we got a waiting list so the goal is to uh, to, to pay off the building out there uh, through our capital campaign and then start to expand whether that's more here in Arizona whether that's around the country we've got so many people that are interested uh, so we're just always looking for opportunities um, to be able to bring awareness to what we're doing so every family out there like ours can can start to dream differently um, and so we use every opportunity that that we can you know we got, got an opportunity this week to to do a little event that we're going to do to raise money. We've got a bunch of great people coming. Uh, I know Sanderson is a, is a sponsor of yours, and they're helping us out, so we appreciate their involvement in it. Um, but that's just what we're doing. We're always trying to just look for the opportunities you know, to, to kind of connect with people that feel led to, uh, to be a part and join hands with what we're doing. You know? And we understand there's great organizations out there doing a lot of great things. And so our goal is always to go, hey, if, if what we do touches you, uh, if you want to come along side of us and, and, and grab hands and, and do something in this area. We want to find those pe- people that are passionate about, you know, this, uh, you know, this little niche, you know, you can't, you can't change everything, but you pick those things that are close to your heart and, and you chase after them. And that's what we're trying to do with treasure house. And it's been, it's been a labor 
of love, and it's been fun to watch it uh, thrive here in, in Glendale. And uh, and the hope is, and the vision is that we're going to have a lot more of these uh, over the next few years. Kurt, it's always good hearing your voice. It's always good catching up. We wish you the very best. We look forward to catching up with you really soon. Okay, thanks for coming on. Awesome. Enjoy the week, uh, and I hope we have a great game. I hope so too. All All right. Right. Thanks, Kurt.